Hello, everyone, and welcome back. It's the Full 40 with Chris and Rob, part of the Stay Tuned Network, brought to you by Nova Insider, a special season preview live episode here in the Villanova area. Thanks to our producer, Brian, who's sitting not in view, but Brian, thank you for your uh, wonderful surroundings and beautiful abode here that we can record it. Absolutely. Pleasure to be involved. Um, Rob and I were on campus today. A little bit of bookstore shopping. We'll get to that in a little bit. We got some really interesting stuff in the bookstore. I personally did buy uh, some gear uh, for Melina, my my three-month-old daughter. I tried to buy, but I was thwarted, which we will definitely discuss later because I'm going to be on the hunt for this piece of merch later. Get to it later in the episode. Very excited. So first things first, we got to talk. We got to dive in right into the most important issue vexing the program right now it's been on a lot of people's minds and that is that big east coaches decided that they will not wear suits for this upcoming season and apparently it was jay wright himself who put the final death knell in the suits conversation and this was a topic of conversation from one of our most recent podcasts as well. We were at the forefront of the issue. The Big East did call us for their input. They asked how the fans were feeling, what the Villanova fans wanted to see. We gave them our perspective. And it seems that Jay and the Big East have sided with me on this one. Yes. How do you feel about letting the fans down, letting the Big East down, Chris? How does that feel? I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. You're I'm, disappointed. I'm disappointed in this decision. I really wanted to see Jay Wright in suits on the sideline again. I wanted to feel that sense of normalcy. I wanted to feel like, you know what, like a nice hearty chicken soup on a cold winter's day. That's what seeing Jay Wright in a suit on the sidelines feels like. And to me, we've been let down. No, I think this is Jay redefining excellence once again for the Big East and for college basketball as a whole. He's going to go out. He's going to be a trailblazer. He already built the reputation as the king of the suits. He already won the suit game. This is simply another arena for him to excel at and another feather in the proverbial cap for Villanova. This, to me, I just look at as Jay taking another strategy to say everybody else can get in line. Villanova is leading the Big East, leading the NCAA, new fashion, new season, new normal, next national title. Let's go Villanova. Sign me up for J tracksuit right all day, every day. I wish that's, that's what they're going to start selling. So this is what they had in the bookstore, right? We didn't, we won't talk about this later because it doesn't exist. They used to sell the J Wright blazer in the bookstore. I'm hoping to see the J Wright tracksuit pretty soon that I can buy for an exorbitant amount of money. It's just sad. It's just sad. It's, it's, a, it's an era has ended. It's bittersweet. It's mostly bitter for me. And I'm just sad to see it go. Yeah. Sad to see it go. Anyway, the big but news around Villanova. That was it. I mean, so thank you for listening. And as always, let's go Nova. Um, no, in all seriousness, um, lots of cover on this episode, wide ranging 
podcast today. In just a minute, we have a very special part of the podcast. We spoke to John Shackleton, the Villanova performance coach, otherwise best known as Shaq Fit. Um, we talked to him earlier today on campus, and we're going to turn it over to him in just a second. But I want to talk about what else to come on the podcast after. After we hear from Shaq, it's a good like 10 to 15 minute um, segment. Um, we're going to do a game preview. Season's here, guys. It's time to buck up. We got a 4.30 game on, on, a, on a Tuesday. We're going to get into that. And then an 11.30 game on a Friday. Also going to get into that. Um, so big, big preview episode. We're going to talk about the team. Who's going to be the X factor this year? Who's going to be the best player? Who's going to be the most important player, which we think are two different people. And then we're going to get into a variety of things. What we saw on campus today, we talked about the bookstore element. We're going to look a little bit around the Big East. Um, and then we're also going to look a little bit into our out-of-conference schedule as well. So a lot to get to. But first, let's turn it over and hear our interview and watch our interview with ShackFit live from the lab. All right. We're here with Coach John Shackleton, Villanova performance coach. Um, and a returning guest to the podcast. And we just had a few questions that we wanted to go over. Rob and I are down on campus. We're um, in the lab. We're in the lab. It doesn't get any more legit. School, right. we're, we're recording on a plyo box. So <laughs> uh, it's a perfect, perfect uh, setting here to, to talk to to talk to talk Coach Shaq. Shaq, how you doing? How you guys doing, man? Good, good, good. Yeah. Good to see you. It's good to be good back in person. Good to see you too, I know. It's been, I haven't seen you, what, two years? It's been almost, yeah, a little over a little two years. Over. Wow, yeah, that's kind of wild. That is wild. Glad to have you guys in here, man. Yeah. So I think the first question we wanted to know is how has it been with managing through obviously player performance? That means food. That means, that means uh, diet. That means exercise. How has it been managing that through COVID when there's been, in addition to all the regulations, mask wearing and all this other stuff, yeah. like managing through guys getting sick, managing through restrictions on ability to, to spend time with one another, et cetera. Yeah, man, it was uh, definitely some, a lot of barriers, you know, that went on last year, but we got through it. Um, looking back on it, man, I mean, that I mean, as coaches, performance coaches, that's what we got to do. We got to adapt constantly, right, because we got practices. We got coaches that maybe want to do something one day, and then next day they might change. We just got to constantly adapt. So right. for me, it was like, you know, yeah, it was a struggle, but we got through it. Um, how, how in detail do you want me to go? Like, Well, yeah. how, how's it been this year coming back? Do you feel like you've gotten back to a good sense of normal and you feel like yeah, you have better to handle last year, absolutely. We're pretty much back to normal. Like, even I know you brought up food. So last year, I think like we usually just sit down as a team. You know, we walk up, we get our food. It's all out in like a catering buffet style. Like last year, everything was packed in a bag. You grab your bag and go. Right. You know, and then we kind of transitioned to you could actually sit there and eat. But if you if you read, you, know, you can have your mask off. Then you had to put it on for in a meeting. So, but now we're pretty much back to normal. Um, we have mask on in the building, like if we're training or in an athletic training room, like smaller built, like, like smaller spaces. But on the court, we're full go. You know, so we're we're pretty much there, back to normal. Really cool. And how about on the travel side of things? Have you guys changed your travel protocols? Yeah, at I mean, all? last year we had multiple buses spread out in the buses. We had to wear a mask, you know, on the buses and on the planes. Jeez. 
And then this year, this year we're, we're back to normal. Have there been any situations in which a particular school or part of the country has had to, it's caused you to shift what you do or has Villanova's uh, restrictions kind of been on par with everybody else? Uh, nationwide, it was different, right? So we kind of had our set protocols, I guess, that were within the Big East. Yeah. And Dr. Duncan, you know, he's the head of sports medicine. He's the one that I guess talked with, you know, he kind of like was the, the main guy within Big East and all the doctors and they came up with this protocol. So I think we kind of stuck to what we were doing. Right. You know, here in PA and obviously in the Big East schools out of state. But, um, you know, like when we traveled down to Texas, it was a lot lighter down there. Hmm. Right. I remember being in the hotel working out as people without masks, you know, so it was just totally different. This depends where we were in the, in the U S you know? Right. Totally. How about this summer? So, so I know that in addition to COVID, there was also a handful of injuries. There was, there was stuff to work through. Obviously Collins, was the most notable, but there was also some stories come out of, of some other folks who were uh, some other players who were, who yeah. were dealing with some, dealing with some injuries or some, or long COVID or other things like that. How was it to manage them through that summer? Yeah, I mean, well, so we didn't have anybody that had COVID in the summer. Right. But we did have a little, some some injuries here and there. Um, but again, like I have to just adapt, you know, so if somebody gets injured is, you know, they got to take care of themselves. They get with the trainer, the doc, and, um, you know, there's a whole process that goes on behind the scenes. And then when they're, when they're released and kind of released over to, to me, right. And I, it's like, we got to start from scratch. You know, we got to build for the next couple of weeks and same thing with on the court, you got to put them back on the court, but like watch their loads. Mm -hmm. And then over the weeks, they, they build back up to where the team's at, you know, do you manage physical therapy or do, does that go through the training? No, I mean, it goes through, it goes through athletic training, okay. the trainer and uh, the doc, but uh, we talk on a, on a daily, he's like right across the hall. Right. So we talk all the time and he lets me know where a player is at and where we can go next in here. All right. You know, cool. what I do. And talking specifically about Colin, who obviously had the tragic, <laughs> it was like a tragic, yeah, really was, yeah. tragic injury um, last year against Creighton. Obviously he's always been super determined like hard-nosed guy, super yeah. tough guy. How was it to see him kind of get back to normal? Like, was that, like, yeah. I'm sure he got after it. Yeah, I mean, from the start, I, I was kind of impressed with uh, how fast he progressed. Right. You know, tearing an MCL. Um, you know, ACLs always take a lot longer. So right. MCL, he was, he was back. He was, he, you know, we were training the lower body pretty quick after he had surgery. And then it was like, you know, by the time June came around, it was like pretty much he was back on the court, you know, mm -hmm. and amazing. then actually playing by August. Amazing. So, yeah, I mean, uh, he progressed fast and he works hard. So it, it happened for me and faster. Right. You know, so, but uh, yeah, man, he's back. He's back to full strength. And uh, so I'm excited to see what he do does this year, man, his final year. Yeah. Now, I've noticed a couple players just from visuals, watching Hoops Mania, watching the blue-white scrimmage, pictures, yeah. etc. A couple of the players' bodies have changed a bit over the, yeah. over the, over the offseason. Notably, Brandon Slater. I just wanted to ask a little bit oh, about yeah. the work he's put in. Yeah, I mean, Slater, I told Coach Wright that Slater had the best offseason out of all the guys. I, I, you, I specifically say he's going to be a beast. Right. And there's it's been a, there's actually one time in practice he came up to me and said, oh, shit, Slater's a beast. I, was like, I told you. <laughs> I told you. Yeah, he's like, he's physical. I mean, just the confidence that he has right now. 
Um, he's stronger than he ever been. He has been. And um, for him, I think that's what it's all about. Like, you know, he has the confidence. So I think you're going to see another level of play from Slater. Right. Yeah, man, he, he had a great offseason. Really right. cool. And I, there were a couple other guys, too, that stood out, at least just from a, an outsider's perspective, guys that stood out. His body looked a little bit different, both Justin and Caleb. I thought looked a little bit leaner maybe okay. this year. Is that Was that intentional or just kind of – Yeah, I mean, they're maybe both, they're both beast. Things. Caleb's always like 5% body fat. <laughs> just like all of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, they're both – they actually both have very similar bodies. Um, but here's the thing. So, like, Caleb – Caleb, had, did you guys hear about it? He had a heart issue. Right. Because he had yep. COVID last yep. year. Right, yeah. And we didn't find out until months later, like we were in the off season, April, and we're practicing, and we noticed his heart rate was not coming down. Wow. So I said, there's something that he's still going on. So then we had we decided to get him tested. And then we found out he has that myocarditis. We had inflammation of the heart. Right. So it took quite a few months. He couldn't do anything. Jeez. He didn't do anything That's... until, man, let me think. Probably September. Yeah, it takes wow. time. That's All summer. Time. Yeah, he kept getting tested. Still air, Still had inflammation. So he could. He was not doing anything. Telling yes. not even shoot. He couldn't. He wasn't able to get like strain himself. So wow. I think a lot of that had to do with him losing some muscle. Yep. Okay. So you know, uh, but it might actually do him a favor a little bit because I think it'll be a little bit quicker too. Well, I yeah. remember talking to you a couple of years ago when Caleb first got to campus when he was going into his redshirt year, yep. and you were like, "I can't keep this guy to." out of the gym he's just like he was always a gym rat so. yeah no he's a beast he, he puts in a lot of work man he's a right. beast um so that's what it probably you probably see him he's a little slimmer but yeah. he's still he's ripped he's lean he's strong um but he had the whole summer off for the most part. really interesting yeah. so right now he's just about peeking back to where he was he was before this all went down okay really cool yeah. and then same thing justin moore he got, you know, I know you guys heard about the car accident. So then he had a concussion issue, which kind of really hit him hard. He was out for quite a few weeks, you know, all through July until August. He was having headaches, you know, right. all those symptoms. So he had to go through all the protocols. And then, so same thing, he missed a lot of training. But now he's the same thing. He's, he had to build back through September, October. So, you know, he had a good recovery period. You know, yeah. So he's That's great. Man. Same thing. So, I mean, those, both of those guys are ready to go now. And the articles have all come out about Justin. He's ready to just be like a dominant force too. Yeah, man, this is going to be, this is going to be his year, man. He's ready to take it over. Right. You Amazing. Know? So uh, we talked about some of the returning guys. We've also talked previously about, you've mentioned guys come into the program as freshmen at varying levels of readiness, right? Some of them, I remember we talked about J-Rob previously, you know, came from IMG, was absolutely ready to hit the gym, was familiar with it. Yep. How about the freshman class that we have this year? Who was the most ready for kind of the rigors that you put them through? Yeah, so uh, let's back up. Trey Patterson came in in January. Right, yeah, sure. right, yeah. So he had a head quite a few months head start. So <laughs> yeah. he's going to be a beast. He's physical. He's strong. Um, he came in at a good spot too because he was already – already like pretty you know, training yeah. consistently and he had I actually know the guy who was training with him so I knew he was going through he, that guy we talk all the time so he does a lot of similar things we do I do here so it was good he had a jump start uh, so he's ready and then uh, um, Jordan Longino yeah he uh, had to drop a little bit away came in a little pudgy but this has what you know he's refreshing but he I mean you're going to see him play a lot yeah he can shoot. He's physical. He, remember, he played football. Yeah. Right. So if you're tough and physical, you're going to get on the court. Right. <laughs> exactly. and, and he can right. score. He has a great shot. Right. And he's smart. 
Um, so he's, he's ready to go. He just had to work on his physical ability, but I mean, he, he dropped some weight, his body fats down. He looks good for a freshman. Okay. Um, Nana is going to be in development. He's, but also a big guy. We need his big body mm-hmm. and he's very physical and he's aggressive, which you can't teach that. So right. just sure. being that, you're going to see him get in and he's going to be coaching. He's going to be counting on the rebound. Eric's going to need some help down there. I mean, you yeah, can't, yeah, you can't yeah. play 40 minutes. So. All right, right, right. So you're going to see Nana get in and he's going to be in the like, development, but uh, I think this is size and his, uh, he's got to get stronger and same thing. He's got to lean out even more, right. but he's going to be a beast. He's going to, he's going to play this year because he's going to already get rebounds. He's very physical and, and aggressive. You know, he can't teach aggressiveness. So like he has that. Yeah. You know, and then, uh, Angelo, Angelo, right. Angelo Brizzy, you know, you could see that he's very athletic. He's uh, picking things up. Right. But we have, a, we have a lot of guards. Right. So he's <laughs> going to probably be in development. Uh, I mean, I'm going to be honest. I don't know how much he's going to play, but you know, we'll see. We're going to be, you know, we're going to be pretty deep as a squad. Right. Yeah. So, um, but I seen him get better over the summer to this point. How about like the, the attitude factor is all these, have all these guys come in with the right mindset towards training? Yeah, surprise. Yeah, man. We, I think I think I said this before. Coaches do a great job bringing the right guys in. Right. You know, every once in a while, I gotta I gotta like you know teach them a little bit about the culture. Right. Because you know, they come in here, they don't know how to really act. Right. Yeah. There's like little things I gotta point out that like that just to, just to teach them. It all you know it all relate you know relates to what they do on the course. So like, yo, if you're being like that in here, better be not. What I'm teaching you now, you better take that to the court as well. Because right. I'm telling you, like, before coach is gonna be you know blasting you for that type of shit <laughs> so i'm teaching them in here right away right so when they get to the corporate coach they kind of know you know they have an understanding of what we're trying to do here so but yeah man okay so i guess one last question for you so each week on the podcast we give out the shack fit man play of the week <laughs> which is basically designed to highlight some awesome athletic plays some man jams some powerful dunks so you guys Even, been doing this? Oh yeah, oh, we've yeah. been doing oh, this. I, sorry, we're, yeah. we're using your name in like. I haven't really, said it. I didn't really know. I didn't know. Yeah, man, the Shaq Fit Man play. <laughs> we, we love it. We love the brand. We're like, let's let's go. Great example it. is that's the awesome. Slater dunk from the from the oh, Baylor yeah. game. That was the that's Huge. a great example. That's Huge. awesome. But yeah. our question for you is, who do you think is going to get the most Shaq Fit Man plays of the week this year? Man, that's a good question. Let me think. Uh, probably going to say Slater. Slater. Brand That's Slater. what I was going to guess based on what you said earlier. Yeah. We were going to guess Slater. There was a, I had a bet that Samuels has been a frequent re, uh, recipient in the past, okay. but yeah, yeah. So we thought Jermaine might get in there, but no, nah, Slater makes sense. I think Slater for sure. All right. Cool. I love it. Hey, that's, that's all we got with Shaq. We want to thank uh, coach John Shackleton for joining us here on the podcast. Again, it's great to have right. you back on and right. we'd love to always. love to talk to you again uh, pretty soon, but best of luck with the season. Go out. Let's 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 beat UCLA and Mount St. Mar- Mount St. Mary's first though, one game at a time. Yeah, that's right. Yep. But as fans, you can't blame us for nah, looking forward yeah, no, to understand, understand. the big game in LA. Yeah, but, uh, let's get it. <laughs> thanks a lot. Hey, Appreciate hey, it. Man. Great to see you guys. Thanks, guys. All right, and we want to once again thank 
John Shackleton for talking to us, inviting us into the lab. And our producer, Brian, just joked with me that I keep saying things are live. They are not live. <laughs> They're not live. Like this is recorded. Like that's the point of the podcast this is, the opposite is that everything life. is recorded. So I understand that. I'm sorry. But when I was there, it was live. It happened in my <laughs> present situation at that moment. Um, but Rob, real quick, what did you take away from that interview most? Like what was your big takeaway? Um, for me, there were a couple things, but one of the things that stood out to me is just thinking about, as I think about Villanova and the understanding I've gotten of the program over the past few years is just how regimented and how tight a ship both Jay runs and Shaq runs and all of the routines and all of that. And I'm sure, look, a lot of programs around the country have that. My impression is that Villanova kind of takes it to the nth degree. And I have to imagine the past year from everything from the food prep to the hotels, just kind of threw Villanova off that routine. And maybe if you run a little bit of a looser program, that's actually not that big of a deal. I have to imagine that was actually probably really challenging for this program and this team to deal with. So hearing that they're pretty much back to normal, everything from how they take meals together, how they prepare and getting them back to that regular schedule, I think is going to be um, a big benefit to Nova when it was actually interesting. I remember talking last year about it and thinking about, Hey, not playing in front of fans is going to be a big advantage for Villanova. Didn't quite play out that way for us, but I think kind of these return to these, to these routines, I think is actually going to be a big thing for us. It's interesting because I think last year when we were talking about like, how will this affect us, blah, 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 blah. I think we said a lot, oh, the experience of the program, et cetera, is going to help us carry through that less experienced teams, less program teams are going to struggle with that. And our older guys, our culture will help carry us kind of through that tough, difficult time. And I think that happened to a degree. And I think that's why this team wound up in the Sweet 16, despite adversity. But I think this team probably did not, oh, what I'll say is fell short of preseason expectations last year as a direct result of what you just said. Yeah. Um, Now, the thing that stood out to me was I did not really have an appreciation for just how long some of the guys were out this summer, specifically Caleb and Justin. Yeah. Spent extended spells out and unable to train. I actually think it's funny because we talked with Shaq mentioned it, it might've been a blessing in disguise because he could benefit from being a little bit leaner speaking specifically about Caleb. I actually think it will be a, be a blessing in disguise for him. Yeah. I mean, how many times did we talk about it last year where he was just a bull in the China shop, just like driving into the lane and because he was so muscular to push off and like, and always get that call. Even if he wasn't hand on the guy, it just looked bad. Totally. Um, with his like freaking like transformer arm coming out of that. So I, I think that he is going to benefit from the referees from actually being a little bit more trim. And then the flip side that I take away is Brandon Slater. Yeah. And we're going to get a little bit more into him a little bit later in the podcast. So I think we'll take a beat on him for the moment and get into the uh, game previews. Let's talk about some games. Yeah, we are going to play. And our first game of the year is Mount St. Mary's comes to the pavilion on Tuesday at 4.30 p.m. 4.30 p.m. Prime time, as they say on Fox Sports. Jesus, it is going to be difficult to get that game to be able to be watched by a lot of people. But we're going we're gonna to commit to it. I feel like it's one of these things. I remember, you know, every year around March Madness, it's like, all right, you know, 
games were on during the day, back when you were in the office, you'd be like, all right, it's an excuse. Let's put something on the TV. Let's get everybody in a conference room. I have a hard time justifying that for Mount St. Mary's, but here we are. Thankfully, I'm still working from home, so I'm absolutely going to find another TV. I'm going to take a long call and uh, I'll watch whatever travesty is going to happen there because it's going to be probably a pretty ugly game. It's not going to be a fun game for Mount St. Mary's. Yeah. Um, well, certainly hope not. Yeah, right. It's not. If um, it is, if it is, it's going to, we're going to have an ugly podcast and an ugly game yeah. following that against UCLA. This team did make the tournament last year, but they lost their best score to a transfer. Yep. A couple guys graduate. This is not the same team. They're expected to be ranked 280 on their, or sorry, they're currently ranked 280 on Ken Palm, which uses a variety of analytical data to try and come up with a preseason ranking, as opposed to just like, who do we think is the, you know, <laughs> yeah. the 280th best team? Like, <laughs> like it's like, analytical. Shocking, shockingly, they don't ask the coaches to rank all 353 <laughs> yeah. teams or whatever it is. So this team is not good. Um, like a bottom quintile yeah of the of the of the sport good math usage right there thank you yeah and and i'm sorry i'm just taking pride in my math usage in that that moment there yep master of the english language right here um but they also play slow so like in addition to not being good they don't do anything that's going to make us uncomfortable we're going to continue to play slow this year with colin gillespie at the point position and candidly even if it was justin moore um, or any or anybody else really, we're always going to be a more slow tempo team. The only team in the recent past that played up tempo was 2018, and that's because that was one of our most athletic teams ever. Yeah. Um, so this is going to be a, a slow, comfortable game. Could they hit some threes, of course, and make it interesting early? Yeah, but I mean, we're just going to overpower them at every position. Yeah, I mean, they're not a particularly, so what do you need to know about this team? They're not a particularly good shooting team, both three-point wise and two-point wise. Their leading scores, as Chris mentioned from last year, their leading guard actually transferred out. So their three returning leading scores are all actually big men, all six, eight, six, nine. They've got three guys. So they're going to run a little bit bigger, probably rely inside as much, uh, inside a little bit more. But at the same time, they're not huge, right? Six eight and six nine. We've got the personnel to match up like that. It's not like they're Purdue rolling out a bevy of seven footers or anything like that. So again, not all that concerned, but actually kind of maybe a little bit of a nice test for us to kind of get into the season and get used to playing a team that may have a little bit of a different style and may have some bigger personnel for us yeah. to match up with. My prediction is that we win this one kind of going away and it, it, it ends up being like a, a nice feeling game to get basketball back in our lives. And we're going to get overexcited and draw too many conclusions from Absolutely. this game um, and predict that we're going to go undefeated. So that's how I think this is going to go. And then when we actually play a good team on Friday, we're going to be like, wait a second. Why didn't we do the same thing that we did against St. Mount St. Mary's? Because that's how fans always seem to react. Absolutely. To the first game versus the second game of the season. Hundred percent. Yeah. If I'm making a prediction on this one, you know, we probably end up with at least a, should be at least a 15, ideally a 20 plus point win. But um, maybe starts off a little bit rocky just as we get our footing under us. Weird start time, like we say, first game of the season, two slow playing teams. So second half, per usual, we pull away. I'd expect. I'm going with 81-54. 81-54. Okay. Yeah, I like us in the 80s, just I think sheer overpowering them. So I'll go 83, um, maybe 70. Just defense lat- lets up a bit at the end. Okay. 
Mount St. Mary's preview done. Boom. Moving yeah. on. The big one. The big one. One of the most talked about games in the upcoming season across the country is number four Villanova visits number two UCLA at Pauley Pavilion on Friday, 11.30 p.m. Eastern time. Rough. Super late start. Drink your coffee, everybody. And then also a Red Bull. And yeah, I don't know what else to tell you for Loco. You know, just something that's to still, give that's you. That's still a thing. I, maybe, but but <laughs> if you can get access to Four Loco, that's what All I right. recommend you drink because you need caffeine and alcohol. It's true to, to endure such. Why a, not combine? Them? Endure such a thing. Let's do it. I'm gonna do my best, guys. I'm gonna be honest with you. I got a three month old that is uh, not the most adept sleeper, um, and so I'm just gonna try and power through this one. Maybe calls for like a 7 p.m. 8 p.m. nap. And wake like up it. and watch the game. I mean, I'm with you on that. It's late. The thing I will, in all seriousness, though, it is a late game. Villanova, Villanova obviously plays later games on the East Coast sometimes, but never in this realm. I do worry a bit that that can throw us off. The team's going to be out there for a couple days, but I have yeah. to imagine it's still going to feel very much like a yeah. late game. And I could expect them to come out a little bit sluggish. And playing against the number two team in the country, there's not a whole lot of room for error there. I'm actually not worried as much about the beginning of the game. I think we're going to come out strong. I think the end of the game is actually the part that concerns me more. Hmm. Um, when you're looking at the end of the game, it'll be like in their guys, in our guys' mind, it's going to be like one o'clock Eastern time as we get towards the back end of that game. Like these guys are, these guys are college athletes. Like, yeah, the college part would indicate that they sleep you know, sleep late, whatever, out a lot. That's not really what's happening with, with, with these guys. They're up for like six in the morning practice, like all the time. So this is going to be, I think the end of the game is going to be like, if the legs start to give out, the focus starts to slip a little bit, that could be for that reason. That being said, let's just talk about the game itself because yeah. it's easy to talk all that conjecture. But we know who's going to be on UCLA. And these are two of the more experienced teams in the country, especially when you factor in UCLA's massive um, tournament final four run last year. Yeah. They basically bring back their entire team. They're right. pulling a little bit of a Villanova in that they made – it's actually interesting. If you look at their season, started off, started off pretty well, had a little bit of a lull, came back, another bit of a lull at the end of the season – Barely made the tournament, just squeaked in, and then obviously went on a terrific run where they were hitting, obviously, on all cylinders, got knocked out in the Final Four. And then, yeah, their best player, Johnny Juzang, flirted with the NBA, decided to come back. He is a preseason All-American, obviously the guy to watch. But there are a number of other guys to watch on this team as well. The Villanova defense is going to have to be absolutely ready to cover yeah all over the floor. This is not just a focus on one guy and you'll be able to eliminate the threat. There's a lot of good players on UCLA. Now it's important to remember UCLA is a Mick Cronin coach team. Mm. Mick Cronin likes the Mick Cronin actually does favor the hard nosed um, rock fight style of basketball that Jay has embraced throughout the years at times. Um, and so I see this game going that direction. I don't think that any 
play individual spurt happening where they're up like 20 or anything like that because of the pace of play and we're going to get lost in the shuffle. Like it could happen if they hit everything and we hit nothing. Sure. Like obviously that can happen, but like pace of play wise, this is not a team that should run away from us. Yeah. Um, and it's also not super and a super athletic team. Um, as you mentioned, you have uh, Juzang returning, obviously a great, all D1 athletes are great athletes. And I think that goes without saying, sure. especially at this level. But like, when you think of like the superior athleticism that's out there, like he's not one of those guys. No, absolutely. And not. neither is Hawkes, another one of, an, another one of the best players. And he was especially good during the tournament run um, and instrumental to them. Tiger Campbell's obviously a, a talented guard. So, you know, a former DePaul commit. Yeah. Fun fact. Right. Committed DePaul in like eighth grade or something like that. And then obviously saw the light. And backed out. Right. <laughs> Made a good good career choice, I have to imagine. Yeah. So to me, I think look, Tiger Campbell guard, you know who we're, you know who's gonna be on him. Um, you're gonna have Moore and Gillespie, etc., rotating. You're gonna have Caleb in there as well. I think the bigger matchups for me are what does Samuels do and what does Slater do? Samuels and Slater are gonna are gonna be our best individual one-on-one defenders. Obviously, you can guard multiple positions, but these guys are in their height range too. Um, to guard. Um, and so I think you're going to see Jay try and keep to the best of his abilities, even with the switching defense, Slater and Samuels on Juzang and Hakez. Um, and I think that's going to be the key to the game. Whereas UCLA, when they run their offense, are going to look to try and get mismatches driven from switches that we're going to do. And if our guys are not good at switching back, switching to it, et cetera, closing out on shooters. It's going to be a long day for us, a long, a long night for us. Like, night into early morning. Yeah, for early us. morning for us. Um, I, I do think, though, that what you're going to see, my prediction-wise, I think that we're the more mad team, if you will. I feel like, I feel like our guys are going to feel like they have, we have more something to prove, whereas I think the pressure's a little bit on UCLA here made a final four need to prove that that was not a fluke. I was going to say, I like, was going to make that same point. I don't know if they, if people give them, obviously they're number two ranked country, but even in my mind, I'm like, ah, you made a nice run and look, let's give them full credit for the run they made. But it's not like they had the full body of work throughout the season to say, yes, this was consistently the number two ranked team in the country. And look, getting hot is a real thing. We got hot in 2016. We absolutely benefited from it. But in my mind, I'm a little bit thinking, are they really there? Are they really the number two team in the country? I think we've got a real chance to knock them off. Right. I do too. And I think we are going to. The way I see this playing out is it's going to be an ugly game for most of the game. I think our experience takes over late. Like UCLA actually did that to other teams during the tournament where they kind of held them in check, held them in check, held them in check. And then played better in the last five minutes of the game to close out the games. And that's kind of how they made their entire run. But I think that that night in, night out, Gillespie, Moore, Samuels are way better at that than UCLA is other than that one stretch in March last year. Yeah. Not discounting it, just saying that these guys have proven they can do it for seasons on end. Yeah. So I see us playing a rock fight with them, pulling away late and winning this game. Like I want to say like 68 to 61. Wow. Really low scoring game. Okay. Interesting. 
I agree with a lot of the points that you brought up. At the end, though, I kind of disagree with the conclusion. I'm worried about us just getting a little bit of a slow start to the season as a whole, perhaps not necessarily to the game, um, legs perhaps going out from us at the end. And I think just a couple of bad bounces go their way versus our way. It's going to be a home game for them. Mm -hmm. I have to imagine they're going to be a little bit jacked up at that point. So I'm going to go kind of low 70s UCLA, mid 70s Villanova. And I think we'll take our first loss of the season. But what I also think is interesting is because we have such a seasoned team, Colin, Jermaine, as you mentioned, have been through a lot. I also don't think these games get them quite as flustered and probably perhaps as worried. It's just they know this is, yes, a good test, but they also know it's the second game of the season and will not determine them. So I have to imagine if that game, if we fall down that game, they're not too flustered. Yeah, it. I mean, look, this is a pure, like John Calipari likes to say, win or learn. Like this is a pure win and win, win win end learn game. Yeah, totally. In my in my view, like either way, the benefit is clear from playing this game. Even if we lose, you went on the road. You played you played a really good team. If you lose, no big deal. We did that versus Virginia in 2016. We went on the road, lost by 11. Really, never seemed like we were going to ever win that game. Nope. And that team went on to win the title. Yeah, so absolutely, does it matter if we lose? Like. Obviously, you want to win, but no, I don't think it's that big a deal. I'm more excited just to see how this team looks and get a real good test very early on in the season. Absolutely. All right. Well, I think that's uh, it'll be exciting to see how those first two games shake out. And obviously, we'll keep previewing the games as they come along after that. Shall we move along? Yeah, I think we got to talk a little bit about we've touched on players, but I think we should talk a little bit about like, okay, broad based for the season. Who's your X factor? Who's the best player? Who's the most important player? We'll start with best player. I think Colin is going to naturally be that guy. Um, I don't think that's really um, a hot take. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> and I think Colin is just going to continue to be a great scorer, a great, uh, a great passer, a great facilitator of the offense, and a great leader as he's always been. I'm, I am looking for Colin to step up a little bit of his game defensively and help this team on the defensive end just a little bit more because we talked about it after Colin went down last year, we actually got a little bit better on the defensive end late in the season. And I think that's going to be the key to this team is can this team play well on the defensive end, play well enough, get themselves into like a top 15, 20 defensive, defensively efficient team mm. in Ken Palm. If that becomes the case, I think we have a really good shot at going very deep into the tournament. Yeah. I'm not going to disagree with anything on the best player. I think that <laughs> one's not really up for debate. Or if you do want to debate it, I think it's kind of a silly one to have. I mean, that yeah. one's borne out over the past couple of years. Right. But I do think the most important player, and we brought this in for that very reason, is an interesting debate. Because I could see someone just saying, well, no, it's Colin, because he's the best player and he's the key to the entire operation. And that's a great argument. To me, we talked a little bit about Jermaine Samuels in the past as an X factor, became the most important player on the team last year as the season wore on. Um, I'm going with Brandon Slater, though. Interesting. I think that Brandon Slater is, and I can understand an argument for him for X factor, but I think Brandon Slater is the most important player on the team. Everything that we have heard has talked about increased body conditioning being a total beast mentally and like, and like bringing it on both ends of the floor, better shooting, etc. 
if that truly bears out and he is like a really good four switches into the five sometimes in that the amount that that completes our team and roster for the season is so critical. And so, and that really opens up the rest of the year. I think based on the conversation with Shaq today, some of the other rumblings I've heard in the program, I think Slater's starting. And so I think he is our most important player. Really interesting. I'm going to go a bit of a different direction on this. And I think this one kind of blurs into the X factor a little bit. I think most important player for this season is actually going to be uh, Eric Dixon. Mm -hmm. So Eric Dixon is a guy, we don't really know exactly what we're going to get, but he's going to play an incredibly important role on this team. Obviously replacing Jeremiah Robinson Earl is something that's called what it is not really possible. But if Eric Dixon is able to slot into a role where he can fill some level of that in a serviceable manner, he can shoot outside, he can stretch the defense a little bit, that does absolute wonders Mm -hmm. for our offense. We've seen the difference when we have somebody, a big man who can stretch the floor versus somebody who's forced to play inside. It definitely just changes how we play. And if you look at teams where we've had a lot of recent success, be it 2018, be it 2016, very different players between Chef and Spellman, but you've had superior big men in there, which give you five really great players on the floor. To be clear, I don't think we're necessarily going to get anywhere near that level with Dixon this year, but I think if he's able to, I think he actually needs to be able to fill a good bit of that role for this team to really hit on all cylinders. Otherwise you're playing with, four good players and somebody who's kind of serviceable underneath. And I don't think that works well. Right. To analogize a little bit, the ceiling on this team is an elite eight run. If, if Eric Dixon is this team's Will Sheridan from 2006, Mm. like, like, yeah, big men plays bigger than he is has a little bit of range on the, on the J, but he's just not, he's just like clearly the fifth guy. Yeah. Uh, in the in, on the lineup and whatever you actually he was my original choice for x factor so I have, i'm going to pick a different one i think the point that you raised about about quality of big man and how that's impacted like villanova i think is a, a, a very 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 important one when you look at the three j Wright teams that made the final four 09 16 and 18 they all had big men who um went on to play in the league. Chef had a cup of coffee um, with the, you know, in the league. So it didn't play a lot, but he also was probably the best big man in that tournament that year as well. And so when you look at Dante Cunningham in 2009, you look at, um, you look at Chef in 2016 and Spellman in 2018, every time Jay has had elite performances by big men, um, and the rest of the team was as complete as this year's team is, he's gone on to at least an elite eight, if not a final four or a national championship. Yeah. So I, he was going to be my X factor pick. Most important player, totally get it. I'm going to change my X factor pick though and say Brian Antoine That's is, a real X factor. is an X factor for this team. We talked about just before that there isn't an abundance of athleticism on this roster. Brian Antoine has that athleticism at the guard position. Obviously, we know Samuels can bring it. We know Slater can bring it. But but Antoine can bring it at the guard position in a way that none of the other guys can. So um, 
So that's my guy who's the X factor. If he can get going after his injury, that's a different dynamic that this team can roll out. They can change games midway through the game. If we need to get back into it, we need to create stops, speed guys up, et cetera. He can do that in a way that other players can't. Right. And I'll just wrap it up with a quick take on my X factor. My X factor is actually Justin Moore. Yeah. Justin Moore is a guy who last year I talked about making a Sadiq Bay-like leap. He did not make that leap last year. In fact, wasn't really anywhere close to making that leap. I still think he has that type of ceiling and that type of potential. And if he does make that leap, that absolutely raises the ceiling on Villanova. If he does not, we're a good team. Right. We're not a great team. So that's the guy I'm looking forward to say, can he take a big leap and push Villanova into the next level? Love it. All right. So we previewed a little bit of the season. We're excited about some of the other games to come after the UCLA game. We're going to do in-depth previews as they come. But in the week to follow, there is Howard, then there is the Turkey Tournament is a little bit early. This year, it's the weekend before Thanksgiving. We got Tennessee, who's ranked, followed by Purdue or North Carolina, who are also ranked. So great Turkey Tournament. And then obviously, you have the Big Five. You have Baylor. You have Syracuse at the Garden. Like, the out-of-conference schedule is loaded. And I don't think it does it justice to talk about the entire thing in one episode. And I think we could just go through it as we come, as they come up throughout the season. Yeah. The big thing to know, as we've alluded to on other episodes is that Villanova has plenty of tests. This is not years past where we've got a cupcake schedule. We've got a lot to look forward to. We will absolutely know and have a good idea of what this team is made of by the time we hit the big East schedule. Yes, absolutely. Cool. All right. So we mentioned that we were on campus today. Um, obviously you heard the interview with Shaq before, um, which was awesome. Uh, but it was great to see the inside of Davis center. They did do a little bit of renovations. Like we, there was a little bit of a little dip, bit little, yeah, yeah. couple changes yeah, here and tweaks, there, tweaks. Yeah, a little bit of tweaks since the last time that we got to talk to him. Um, but then in addition to that, we also did walk around campus a little bit. It was special Olympics weekend, yeah. uh, this week, which is always a great weekend. Good vibes. Yeah. I mean, Rob and I debated. We were both tour guides on campus. We both debated. We always told people, hey, this is the largest student-run Special Olympics in the world. And I think that's accurate, but we, we, at this, I never fact-checked it. We're not testing it. Yeah, we're not testing it. We're not going to fact-check it. So there it is. Boom. Largest student-run Special Olympics in the world on campus this weekend. Exciting stuff. Yes. Um, so it's always good to see that. Campus had good energy. Um, we walked inside Bartley uh, for a little bit, and they did some renovations there. Yeah, um, especially in the uh, in the atrium area. Yeah. All right, so you're doing a lot of preview. Let's just get to it. All right, so yeah. what we're gonna do? We're gonna give you a little bit of a recap yeah. for what we um, what we did on campus. So we did a couple of highlights. We're gonna start at the bookstore. We're gonna do a little bit of hot or not. Yeah, from our visit across campus. We're gonna start at the bookstore, which is always interesting. Not going to debate. The front of Kennedy still looks like a fucking dumpster fire. It is not hot. It's, it's terrible. But we're going to get into some merch. So I'm going to start it off with, I'll give us some hot ones to start it off. You're going to start there? I'm going to start hot. This one's hot. Okay. I love this. I was so jazzed. This is what I alluded to at the start of the episode. If anybody has a size small or a size medium out there, get it to me. Straight fire. Villanova Royal Baby Blue starter jacket right out of the 90s. Holy cow. I thought about buying the extra large and Chris basically had to talk me out of it. It was so hot. I was, it's probably the best piece of merch I've seen out of the Villanova bookstore 
in my entire time of Villanova fandom, as hot as it gets. You as hot as it gets. You looked utterly ridiculous. I looked amazing. You looked the nineties are in, dude. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I pointed it so out good. to you. I so pointed good. out to you. It was it was fire. There's no debate about it, it being fire. My point was you looked ridiculous in a double XL jacket. I know, I know. <laughs> it was stretching a little bit. A little yeah. bit. You looked like you belonged in a music video in 2006. I mean, like, I'll take it. I'll like take it. it was absolutely absurd. But Rob did Rob started with some fire. I have some very much ice. Yeah. Okay. I present to that you that may be the oldest thing you've ever said. I present to you this shapeless. I don't know if you guys can see it. I'm gonna try and go out. Hold on, get a little closer. There you shapeless go. There you go. M. Louise Fitzpatrick College of Nursing sweatshirt right there. Boom. That is just special. That's special, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, Louise Fitzpatrick, I'm sure is it was a, a wonderful woman. woman. Great woman. Wonderful woman. No, no this to the college of nursing obviously one of our best professional schools and maybe the best professional school yeah. that we have on campus there is no debate about the merits of the school the debate is that this shirt is horrible this it's, it's so bad it's gray lifeless shapeless like it's got a ton it just, of text a ton of text like where did that come from where did we decide like you know what a lot of text here that gets the eyeball the, the big question is who's buying this yeah who's like because because right next to it, they have Villanova University School of Nursing. I'm like, okay, I'm a nurse. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. I'll buy the School of Nursing shirt. Am I going to buy the Dean Louise Fitzpatrick shirt? I don't think so. No. Okay. Anyway, no. moving on. All, All right. right. I got to stick in the same. I got to stick in the same thing. We got the, we got a t-shirt this oh, time. Oh, yeah. Same thing. Yeah, t-shirt this time. Same, same theme. The, the, the Chuck Widger School of Law. I'm told his name is supposed to say, you're supposed to say Chuck. So, and then another shapeless white t-shirt. This thing looks like it's going to be totally yellow after the first time you wear it. Really bad. Really terrible. No, it's not a good look. All right. So I'm going to balance this out. Um, I'm going to keep in the um, in the fun theme. I really like this one. I thought this was pretty cool. Villanova, you know, close to it, close to hot. I'm going to give it somewhere in the middle. We've got this, this tie-dyed sweatshirt. I thought this was pretty dope. I actually don't think it needs the, the Villanova logo on it. But I'm going to give it the nod for, for the hot for right now, just yeah. because we kind of have a dearth of material on the hot. I've got one other one, though, hiding back pocket. Yeah. All right, Chris. Uh, we're going to end on hot. So I'm going to do two knots in okay. a row here. Let's, let's go. I know where you're going. We have this. two in a row that are just like geographically inaccurate to the school. Insane. Insane. So bad. Okay. I just got to pre preface that because like, Everyone here who's listening to this podcast knows where Villanova is, okay? It's a suburban campus just outside of Philadelphia. Like, just a, just a level set on that. You don't think it really needs to be said, but it apparently does. Because apparently, someone thinks our school is somewhere in Colorado. It's like in the mountains. Yeah. Like, the sun sets, sun's rising over the mountains. Like, what is that? Here's Villanova in the Appalachian region or, <laughs> or the you know, the Poconos or something like that. Like, what is this? Really embrace the remote aspect of the last year and just move the campus completely. Like, like Rob showed a hot tie-dye. This is bad. This is real bad. This is Show awful. me the other one. Show me the other one. Okay. And the other one is also important. Just a, this is a children's like crop top, which there's a lot to be said about that, you know, but, but let's just <laughs> pretend it's all okay. Let's just pretend that's all okay for a moment. Like, I, like this is Villanova state of pennsylvania crop top 
Okay. Now, Notice there's corn. There's there's a stock of corn. There's a stock of corn. The Villanova name in this is in like the Pittsburgh, in between Pittsburgh and West Virginia region of the state. Very strange. Right. And then the corn is kind of in the Lancaster area, which I guess is the only part that makes sense. And then like more mountains. More mountains. <laughs> like what is going on in this? This has nothing to do with Villanova other than Villanova is technically in the in state the of state Pennsylvania. Which, which is not like a thing that we celebrate. We're not like Pennsylvania. No. I, just, no. I, just don't I mean, most people just think of like, oh, it's in a Philadelphia suburb, so yeah. it has to be in Pennsylvania. Super weird. But it's also kind of in New Jersey. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's true. It's true. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to, I do have one other hot one that I want to highlight. And then you can, if you wanted to have a hot one, just finish off. I don't. I have no hot one. Oh, ones. okay. Cool. I got a hot one. I'm so, wearing the hot one. So I got this, and this one I will, I'm going to take a little bit of credit for. So when these jerseys came out, I guess it was what, two years ago, the gold and blue, which were the throwback from the seventies, people shat all over them. I went out and I fucking bought one. I bought the Colin Jersey soon as I could. I love it. I rock it. Big fan of the gold and Navy. So we finally got some gold and Navy sweatshirt embracing the retro for good measure, they also have the gray version. Both of them together look great. I'm a big fan of the gold. Villanova is leaning into it in a lot of the merch. They've also got the old school uh, Villanova V on the side. Yeah. So kudos to the school for doing that one. An interesting mix, some real hotness and some real dumpster fires oh, going God, on. Here. Horrible. One last thought for the bookstore before we leave the bookstore really hard to find basketball jerseys there. They were like hidden in a back corner and there were a lot from last year. Maybe we missed something. If somebody from the bookstore is listening, let us know. We did a couple laps. We didn't see any. Anyway, that was our visit to the bookstore. I did want to point out one thing there. It's interesting to see the discrepancy between Rob and I in terms of style. Mm. We We broadly agreed on what was hot and what was not. But Rob definitely liked more of the throwback type stuff, like some of the more fashion forward pieces. And me, the suburban dad that I am, yeah. was definitely loving like the quarter zip fleeces, the vests, and whatever. I'm Yo, not gonna deny this it. This is Brooklyn I'm, versus Chad. I'm a white dad who lives in the suburbs. I I am what I am. Although I will say, Rob clearly dressed for the occasion here and didn't get the memo. I will say this is more along the Rob Dormish style. Than, oh, than the, it is, the, than the, it is, okay, than yeah, it is, that's fair, than that's it is me. Yeah, the old school logo. The yeah. old school dinosaur kind of lettering. I'm a big fan of the 90s logo. Yeah. So the 90s are in right now. All right. The 90s. So bookstore. Bookstore done. check. Okay. We're going to go real quick because we're like actually super slow already. Um, some other hotter knots around campus. Uh, new dorms? Yeah. I mean, hot. Hot. Right. Like, like, I think we started to see the construction of it last time that we visited campus. But like it was fully done. You could see people mulling around. You can kind of drive through it. I love that feeling of kind of going through campus. Yeah. As opposed to um, as opposed to looking at it on Lancaster Avenue, just, oh, it's off on the left. There's there's the school over there. And it's like nice to see it like kind of you get absorbed into it as you're driving you know, down Lancaster Avenue. It's a good one. All right. My next one, I'm gonna hit up the Bartley under the radar renovation, yes. gradual upgrades. Bartley has not gotten, we're both business students, we're a little bit partial, obviously. Bartley has not gotten the um, the publicity about the upgrades that have happened, maybe because Bartley was on the newer end of things more recently anyway. 
but it is pretty cool. You walk in, new entryway, um, awesome new financial center down um, right when you walk in at eye level, which is an awesome entry point for the tours coming in. You don't have to shuttle people all the way downstairs to be impressed. So that plus with different auditoriums they've upgraded and a variety of other rooms, actually pretty hot, I will yeah. say, partly on the upswing. Yeah, and uh, we'll just mention it, the Sear building, just they just announced that they were um, gonna do a massive renovation and expansion of that building. So hopefully it kind of takes on, you know, the same kind of vibe that Bartley does and, and be kind of that, you know, very technologically forward institution that Bartley's become. Cool, cool, cool. All right. I don't know if there's anything else that we need to do on campus. No, I think that was Pretty it. Good. We did have lunch at Campus Corner, um, which was good. Actually, not too hot. It was fine. It was fine. Campus Corner is fine. I, had I like Campus Corner. Middle. I like it. But like, you know, it's to me, it's like, you know, just is what it is. All right, let's move it along. All right. We got to talk hoops mania. We got to do this quick. We're running late on the podcast. But... We, have, we had offset, which I didn't know who that was. I'm just going to be honest with you. Quarter zip, fleece, suburban dad, just kind of coming out again. Didn't know who offset was right away. Then I learned he was part of Migos. And I learned, I knew that. I knew who Migos was. Thank God. And so like, I just missed the, the, the boat on he was a part of that group then when someone said he was married to or is married to cardi b i was like why couldn't we get cardi b so that was kind of my contribution to all of that all right there's a lot of judgment happening but that's okay the kids love migos the kids love offset offset was a huge hit um so much of a hit people were running to the floor to see Offset. literally running into the floor <laughs> they had issues getting to the floor all right we gotta we gotta talk about this this was huge it was all over everywhere villanova doesn't go viral all that often but when they do it's for some pretty ridiculous stuff we yeah, had, it's like we, flute girl we and, had piccolo girl yeah. we had chris jenkins and now we've got the people eating dirt as they run to the stage for hoops mania i mean we've, we've got to pull this up we, we gotta, gotta pull, pull it up. up i mean look there's so many great things going on in this video. It's 10 seconds long, and yet it's amazing. Like, you have up in here playing in the background, which is just terrific. Make me lose my mind. Up in here. It, it, like, like, I just rapped for the second episode in a row. <laughs> but amazing. It's, it's incredible. So a couple of things stand out to me when I look at this video and it might be worth a full video breakdown. We're going to have to do this. Like Tosh.0 separate, style separate video breakdown in the future. But like, but like in this 10 second clip, there's so many things that come out to me and it like something new stands out to me every time. The number one thing that I'm seeing right now is that the middle aisle, the aisle kind of in the distance, all are successfully getting to the floor. No one has any issues. No, no issues whatsoever. Just this one aisle of people close, more closer to the people, the person taking the video. It's just filming these people just eating shit. I want to know how long was this happening before this guy started filming? So that's what I was thinking of. It was going on long enough that somebody was like, oh shit, I got to, maybe I just, let's assume he had his phone out already. I got to pan my phone over here because something is happening. Yeah. I'm going to take this time to record it. I've got a full 10 seconds of people just absolutely eating it. I'm going to be going on for a while. I'm going to assume this went on for like a couple minutes. I mean, it's, there's a lot of, the stands are pretty empty at this point. So I just saw the big, I just saw the one guy just totally just like catch it and roll. Like he got shot in Goldeneye. I think, like, I think, yeah. I think one of the things that's really impressive is for the duration of this video, these students are clearly 
seeing people in front of them take the fall, getting to that same point, and still taking the same fall <laughs> to like increasing degrees. We've got, oh man, the one girl, oh girl. The girl the at the end where the guy goes, yo, is the best. That makes me lose it every time. I want the video to be like, just like two seconds longer. Uh, so it's a, it's a great sequence here. So we've got the first girl, we've got one girl goes down, girl, her friend follows her pretty quickly, eats it right on her knees. The best though is the kid, a little bit of a bigger kid comes down, loses balance, full somersault down, just an entire barrel roll. And then, oh man, followed closely by the girl who just absolutely face onto the ground. Yeah, just, just she broke her on. fall with her chin. Like, that's, that's, really, how, that's how she stopped her fall was her really chin. Really rough. She's one of these girls who she shows up to class on Monday and they're like, How'd you get that fucking Harry Potter scar on your head? She's like, I ate it at Hoops and Like, <laughs> me too. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I got one as well. Oh uh, man, this gift, this one is like a gift that keeps on giving. Um, and I really do think it deserves a full video breakdown. I want to say that if you are the person who took this video, I can understand maybe not wanting to be like associated with it directly, what? but I would love, racist. but I would love to get a more full clip if you have one. Um, so if you have one record on your phone and if you're not the person who shared it, please DM it to us on Instagram, on Twitter at the full 40. I need a, I need a longer version so that we can break it down. Okay. All right. Well, we hit definitely the highlights of Hoops Mania for sure. Oh my God. So good. the low lights, I guess, if you will, but absolutely phenomenal. All right. So we had a we had a segment that we were going to do around the Big East, um, around the Big East schedule. I want to hit on a couple things only because we might not get to it, but I, my, my main focus is going to be is going to be Monday the 15th, um, which are two exciting games. You got Illinois at Marquette and Providence at Wisconsin, part of the Gavit tip-off games, which we're not a part of this year. And I will say this, and I think I make this point every time, it is an absolute travesty that Villanova has not played Michigan State yet. Yes. It's really one of the most poorly run partnerships that has existed. It was like this nice idea, oh yeah, we're going to do this thing with the Big Ten. And then it's we've just avoided the marquee matchup for as long as this is It's absolutely outrageous. Like, how do they not do, unless they're going to end with it, but like, how could you not have Villanova play Michigan State? Like, Izzo versus Wright. Like, Izzo's getting up there. Like, he's going to have to retire soon. Kay's, Kay's retiring after this year. Yeah. Like, Roy Williams is out, et cetera. Izzo and, Izzo and Wright are kind of like the, and Calipari are like the eldest statement of the of the game. So you need to get Izzo and Jay in that. And for that, I'm protesting the Gavit games until such the time that that happens. Yeah. But yeah, so I think we'll do a little bit of a further Big East breakdown, Big East out of conference schedule breakdown probably next week, I think. Yeah. Cool. Um, should we bring it to a close? Yeah, we did ask some mailbag questions, but I think we can probably... You want to do a quick hit? Do yeah, quick I think hit? we should do a quick one, hit. One minute. One minute. We'll see, let's see if we answered it. Um, who will have the biggest jump from last year? Slater. Yep. Done. Um, someone wants to know if we're going to go to Waco, that's Baylor, and and take down the defending champs. Probably. It's a uh, can totally, I answer it's a that totally in a week? It's a, it's a totally different Baylor team. So. Yeah, I think we're going to win, that but I want to answer that in a week. That team is, it's not the same thing um, at all. And then someone said, did, did say one thing, and I think we can close on this. 
Someone said, I feel like it's one of those elite eight years or it's not a successful season. Whereas the majority of se- seasons, you just feel like getting to the second weekend is a successful run. Mm. It's an interesting question because I do feel like, you know, in most years, I've always said sweet 16, that's the mark, that's the measure. Got to get to the sweet 16, you roll the dice from there. Um, Reese, uh, who, who tweeted this at us, um, seems to think that you need to get the elite eight this year. And she igno- or he or she acknowledges that that's a change from last year or most years i'm gonna agree with that this team has too much experience and too many consistent expectations for us not to do that yeah so so let's finish on that this team needs to make the elite eight in order to have a successful season absolutely and if you think colin would say something different you're absolutely wrong brian what's up i have a producer's note um, just because we want to make sure that we're giving out correct information so i checked with the uh, someone that was on the board at Special Olympic in 2017, Nova student Riley, and she confirmed it is still the largest student-run Special Olympics okay. in the country. There you go. There you have it. Great note to end on. I love it. All right, everybody. Great episode. Really appreciate it. Thanks again to John Shackleton. Thanks to our producer, Brian, for letting us record this abode. We're off to a wedding. Our best friend, Walter Smith Randolph, getting married this weekend. To Leanne Armstead, it's going to be a freaking blast, and we're ready to get after it. Rob and I are triple vaccined; like we're ready to get ready to get messy. So, shout out to Walter! Congratulations on your wedding! Thanks everybody for listening, and as always, let's go Nova. Let's go.